following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in on a beautiful Monday afternoon in Nashville, Tennessee. Boy, it could not be nicer than it is right now. Enjoy this good weather while you get the chance and get ready because we're going to have two hours of wall-to-wall football talk, which is what you wanted all along. Let's say hello as we call roll to Coach Watson Brown who joins us from up on the plateau. Watson, how are you? George, I'm good. I was a good boy, like you always say, over the weekend. Where are you I now? Get, I did not get in any trouble uh-huh. whatsoever. That's good. Uh, of course, I didn't leave the house, so it's hard to get in trouble. Unless I get in trouble with a wife, and that one, I don't win that battle. So there were no issues there. So I was a good boy all weekend. How many, how many hours of football did you watch? Would, would there over, were. If the over-under were 22. Uh, it, it'd have to be over. I mean, I, I, it, I don't think that I, there was – once they started at 11 on Saturday, I pretty yeah. much saw football. <laughs> I go in a different room. In the big room I'm in now, you've been in the house, and Brenda's yeah. in the other room, and we say bye till Sunday night. <laughs> till death do us part. Death do us part. Wow. Billy, George, what about you? How many hours? A lot of hours, a lot of hours of football. And on the over, life's too short to bet the under on uh, on how many hours of football we're watching this weekend. So uh, another, it, it feels like we, we've got loads of stuff to talk about every Monday. Oh, so that, that's the best go. part about football season. Okay, let's check in as we do each and every day during football season. We begin with the Daily Titans update, Terry McCormick on the right. Terry, how are you? You're doing well, George. How are you? Good. How many how many hours of football do you think you watched this weekend? Um, decent amount. I don't know if I can quantify it completely, but a decent amount. Now, I did mix in some baseball as Aaron Judge is trying to get number 61. Yeah. So did ESPN. Yeah. I wonder how that went over. Not well. <laughs> not not at the beginning of the uh of of the end of the <laughs> Auburn Missouri game that Terry was probably the only fan of it <laughs> him and Michael K absolutely so Terry let's uh let's start with whatever news you may have on the injury front after the win yesterday against the Raiders tell us what you got well, they didn't really delve a whole lot into injuries as they are kind of uh, hesitant to do so, as you know, George. But uh, yesterday, uh, as he was leaving the locker room, I saw Zach Cunningham 
and he had a big old bandage on his left elbow, which uh, leads me to think that that could be something that might uh, be an issue uh, for the Titans here, in at least in the near future. No announcements or anything of that type today, but uh, certainly a situation worth monitoring as he went out of the game. Fortunately for the Titans, Dylan Cole came in and he was the guy who tipped that last pass to be able to uh, knock down that two-point conversion try and as the Titans held on there for dear life. Would you like to see the play? I do. Billy, do you think we dare show it? This is on plaster vision. Wow. This, this is the first yeah, play. Yeah. This, this is the Raiders touchdown right here, but this next play is the tip, and this is from George's phone. Plaster vision. It looks good. It does look good. So there's the tip ball that ultimately got him the win. Terry, you were about <laughs> to say something else. I was just impressed George. Plaster vision is very impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was a good day for Plaster Vision. So, Terry, this team seems to be developing the habit of playing not to lose in the second half as opposed, as opposed to, you know, putting their throat on the opponent. Mike Vrabel talk about that today. Are you concerned about that? He, did, he wasn't asked so much about that. Most of the question, the line of question today dealt with Caleb Farley only playing one defensive snap yesterday. Uh, in terms of your question and what you asked, he did address that a little bit yesterday in the fact that he said the offense, you know, really kind of struggled to get anything going in the second half, which, uh, of course, everybody could see. Uh, I think one of the things maybe that happens is that you, you see when the opposing team makes a big adjustment, I think the Titans probably need to try and figure out a way to adjust back. Now, I'll give them credit here on one thing that didn't work in the second half. After they lost three yards, which they should not have lost three yards on third and one, giving the ball to Derrick Henry, but the line play broke down. He got stuffed in the backfield. They went for it on fourth and four. Now, I like the play call. I like the thinking because oftentimes we ridicule them for being way too conservative in their approach. I liked it because if you move the chains there and you go ahead and you get even three points, then maybe you put the Raiders out of their misery and end the ball game for all intents and purposes. Didn't work because the pass was a little bit behind Traylon Burks. He kind of misjudged his jump, and that caused him to drop the ball. So, you know, I can't fault the play call there and the line of thinking, uh, but I do think that this team has got to figure out a way to – play four good quarters of football on both sides of the football because we saw two pretty good quarters against the Giants in the opener. It came back to bite them in the second half. We'll just throw out the disaster that was up in Buffalo because there was nothing good about that. And then yesterday, a good first half again, and then struggling to hang on at the end because they couldn't generate any offense in the final two quarters. Well, okay, I hear what you're saying, but isn't some of that also coaching staff mentality? Probably. I mean, I think they do have a tendency at times to get a little too conservative to try and, you know, keep ramming Derrick Henry up the middle, you know, and that worked well in the first half, but you had to know that the Raiders were going to adjust to that. Titans only had 86 yards of total offense in the second half, George, after having 275 yards and 16 first downs in the 
first half. So you have to wonder, you know, how did the faucet just get turned off completely and not ever get going again? And I think that is a cause for concern for this team. They've got to be able to figure things out and keep momentum going in the second half of ballgames because it's going to come back and bite them. Terry, uh, anything else you want to leave us with? Interesting, you know, I brought up the Farley situation. They put in a guy in Terrence Mitchell who'd been with him exactly four days, and he started over Caleb Farley. Basically, if you want to go to Titan Insider and read it, Mike Vrabel explains why Caleb Farley is uh, struggling to get some playing time right now. Sounds like he's having a hard time uh, in reading between the lines. He's having a hard time kind of translating what he's supposed to be doing on the practice field into doing it in the games. Terry, good report as always. We'll uh, we'll talk more about it with Watson here after the break. All right, sounds good. Terry McCormick with his daily Titans update. Let's go to the other update. Yes, it is time for the other update, but that daily Titans update was brought to you by the Justin Tucker team as well as Sumner Funeral and Cremation. For the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners, they are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. The Justin Tucker team, Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. You can call them at 615-906-8458. Also, Sumner Funeral and Cremation, they are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and online at SumnerFuneral.com. Sumner Funeral and Cremation, traditional, affordable, and dignified. All right, we start first piece of news today coming from college football. George saw this today, next Saturday, October the 8th. Tennessee and LSU will kick off at 11 a.m. on ESPN. A lot of fans, in particular LSU fans, not happy about that. Oh, it's a huge advantage for Tennessee. Oh, no, they don't, they no either doubt. have to get so crocked Friday night. Um, well, well, go I, ahead. Yeah, I saw a tweet saying that the, the half of Louisiana is not going to be awake yet. Right. <laughs> They're still be sleeping. But uh, Vandy and Ole Miss is going to kick off at 3 o'clock uh, next Saturday as well. So Georgia and Alabama are the two teams that are playing on CBS next sat, uh, next Saturday, October the 8th. So Watson, that 11 in the morning thing, to me, it, it's one of the few places where there's advantage, disadvantage to start time. You get a morning game in Baton Rouge, that's a huge advantage. Yeah, I, I used to think that it was an advantage for us at Vanderbilt to catch those 11 o'clock ones, George, because we were used to it. <laughs> we played them all the time, and if we caught one of the big guys at 11 o'clock in the morning, they weren't used to doing that. And I can remember beating LSU in Nashville, and it was an 11 o'clock game. And, and we got them good in the first half, and then they started coming back at us in the second. But it wasn't enough to beat us. So in some ways, I do think that is an advantage. What else you got, Billy? Next piece, uh, staying in college football, Georgia Tech has let go of head coach Jeff Collins after their 1-3 and three start. Uh, they've also let go of their AD, Todd Stansbury, and – I don't know that we were surprised by this, George, but are you guys surprised that it did happen this early? Uh-uh. Now, I don't I don't pretend to know as much about the athletic director situation, even though I keep up with Georgia Tech because I ended up doing a couple of years of games down there. Watson, Jeff Collins um, has been dead man walking for about a month. The next one will be Carl Durrell at Colorado. Yep, it's 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 coming next, and unless it's Auburn, uh, that that's the next two on the list as far as I'm concerned, George. And 
And uh, Coach Collins, I mean, he just came in at a tough time because Coach Johnson had done a good job and won a lot of games. And then when they let him go, they expected to be better than what they were doing. And, man, it it went south fast. And, it, and it's so hard to me to come in and change an offense it, it, to, to leave the wishbone and go to a modern uh, spread offense of today's world, George. You don't have any talent on your team that fits that. Right. And and so he, he lost that little bit of time. And then when he needed to get going here in year four, man, they just aren't any better. So no. it's just that it, it was – that's a tough deal. I'm not sure that's a was a great take at that point unless you were going to keep some form of the wishbone uh, in your in your theories because uh, that's just such a different offense and a different type player you recruit for that offense. Watson, I'm going to give you two names down there. I think you're going to agree with one and totally disagree with the other. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Pat Fitzgerald should be at the top of Georgia Tech's list. Yep. Go talk to Pat immediately. I agree with that one. Now, for inner city Atlanta and for recruiting in general, which Georgia Tech lacks, they were completely defenseless against Ole Miss. Here's a guy that gets that part fixed, Dion. 100% agree. Do you really? Uh, he, he's been a head coach now. Uh, he's gone through some of the things. He'd make sure he hires him a good staff. But he can he can walk in any home and have a chance to recruit that kid and and so and he's been in Atlanta for a lot of his career so I mean no I that would be the two top names on on my list right now and both of them are head coaches uh, all the names I've seen listed so far other than Dion's are assistants somewhere that mm-hmm. had not been head coaches yet and. Georgia Tech needs a quick fix, George. They need a quick fix or they're going to get in trouble. And I just don't think they can wait another four or five years before they get it going. So they got to bring in a better player fast. And and Pat will understand Georgia Tech and because he's been in that, even though it's not a private school, but it's got some private school things to it. Um, and Dion just uh, immediate clout to me. I, I think I think you're right. That'd be the first two I'd go see. What I know about Georgia Tech from experience is this. They owe a bunch of coaches a bunch of money. Uh, going back to Paul Hewitt, Brian Gregory in basketball, now this guy. They have got money trouble. And I don't know how they get around all that. They have they have turned their stadium into a sixty thousand seat facility, but for the most part, the only people that ever fill it are Clemson with their fans in Georgia every two years. It, it's got a little bit of the battle that Vandy has, but a much bigger fan base, much much bigger local fan base. George, that's what they have over Vanderbilt, and but honestly. Winning will take care of that. Paul Johnson won. The crowds got better. They weren't still fantastic because I think the style of offense that he ran, it was just something yeah. they liked winning, but they just, it, it, as soon as he started losing a little bit, George, 
they they got him oh, yeah. out of there, and I think the reason was offense more than anything else. But Georgia Tech is in a league that is not great right now. We know that. To be very honest, the ACC is catch-upable. And I, I just think they need a, a, a quick name recognition that is a good football coach. And Dion's done a good job at Jackson State. I mean, he's got them in the top 25 now. He's walked in there. We all said, what in the world? And yet he's built a pretty solid program. Yeah. And uh, and Pat Fitzgerald has proven. So those two are the first two I'd go look at. And, and they've got experience. Billy rumbled through the last three. Last three here in the NFL, the Pro Bowl, no longer. They're Thank gonna, God. They, Keep going. They're going to replace it with the Pro oh. Bowl games, just a bunch of skills competitions. So uh, Praise the Lord that the, we are rid of that game. That'll probably be more entertaining than the game itself. Uh, so we'll see about that. But number four, George, uh, Tua Tungavailoa is apparently not in concussion protocol after his injury, and his status is still to be determined against the Bengals. Uh, I've heard that it's a back injury. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to see about that. I don't know. Don't know if they're hiding anything. Watson, are you at all? Uh, sure. You know, he came back in and played and 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 played fine. They didn't. They let him stay in the game. Put him, put him back in the game, and he finished the game. So if he could do that, now putting him back in the game, I've got some questions about the way he was weaving out there. <laughs> But he went through the game, and if he's not having headaches and dizziness or anything, I don't think they would put him in concussion protocol because he finished the game. Yeah, I hope he's okay. Investigation going on about yeah. how they how they treated that, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Last piece here, the Brett Favre saga down at Southern Miss continues. Uh, apparently, he requested welfare funds for the football facility. As well as the volleyball. As well as volleyball, That's according to deal. a court filing. So. Doesn't seem to get be getting any better for old Brett. Okay, you're going to want to check in on what we're doing after the break because it'll be time for Watson Brown's analysis. It's a Titans win, but do you really feel that much better about this team? I'll be honest, I do not. Uh, I don't think this is headed particularly anywhere all that good, but we'll get Watson's take on it. We'll hear Mike Vrabel's press conference. Uh, around 4.40. Then at 5 o'clock today, we'll have the college football top, top four for the week and my studs and duds. A lot to talk about, including Tennessee's huge victory against Florida and how about MTSU? Way to go, Rick Stockstill and that group of players for just cramming it down Miami's throat. Love it. Stay tuned. This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. 
I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. We are back. Let's get down to Watson's Titans update brought to you. Actually, his analysis brought to you by Pennington Distilling Company. Okay, Watson, I've taken a little bit of a negative view about all of this. I don't like the mindset that they've got right now, which is play not to lose in the second half. I think some of this is coaching issues of not knowing how to drop the hammer because in the past they've had no problems knowing how to win. Suddenly they don't know how to win 
And I think some of this is coaching. Well, we'll, we'll analyze some of the things yesterday, George. But the, to me, I'm a little more positive than you because a win can, can create a lot of good things. Um, just getting that – if they had – I thought that was the biggest game of the year because if they lose that one, they're really – Yeah, they're toast. Yeah, and to get the win and still not play great and do some good things but have still a lot of question marks, I look at it as a very a, a very good positive situation going into this week, which turns into now just as big a game uh, because it's going to – it's going to push one either either the Colts or us down, uh, and the Colts had a big win too. So I don't know. I I, did, I think the win may help us get past some of the things you're talking about, which we're going to get into here in just a minute. Okay. In the first half, some really good coaching decisions, including the the concept of Derrick Henry catching the ball out of the backfield which I guess I'm asking the question, why is it taking him five years to figure that out? I, I don't know, but I thought it was getting back to the basics. I think what they decided was he's got to play more in the games. If we don't do well on first down and he comes out, then he's out and, and he's not playing enough. So just the respect he gets, George, I thought it was a great they went back to everything we, we talked about, everything. Running the ball with Derrick Henry, running downhill with Derrick Henry, throwing the passes that Ryan Tannehill throws the best, um, and playing Derrick on that second down, whether it's hand him the ball, fake it to him and throw a play-action pass, or spread you out and leave him in the backfield and hand him the ball, or let him trickle out catch balls. There's no doubt in my mind that the Raiders helped us yesterday a bunch because they crowded the box like we knew they would, but they played three deep zone behind it. So they weren't playing their kind of a match soft match zone thing. Our guys didn't have to beat anybody to catch those balls and those creases behind those linebackers. And Woods made a killing early in the game on a lot of those kind of things. The second half, the difference was, they came out and played us man-to-man more, and then I don't know exactly, and we're fixing to get into that, but the first half, we score three straight times, miss one, get the ball back and kick a field goal. Couldn't have gone any better offensively, and and it was because they got back to what this team can do, and, and I think they learned from that. Now we'll start seeing that a lot more, but it also helped Derrick Henry for them to be in zone coverage they, they drop in those zones back there, and they let Derek just hook up. Now, you hook him up and let him get going forward before you get to him. That's You'll a load. You'll regret it. And so he was wide I open. would bet you we're not going to see a lot of that from here on. They're going to want to play him man. They'll think they can play a linebacker on him man-to-man. And I think that uh, they're not going to drop back in those deep zones on us on second down and 10 like they did yesterday in the first half. Okay, so that's item number one. Item number two to me, Watson, early, they had zero pass rush out of the front four, and then it appeared they made some decisions that allowed them to get more pressure on Derek Carr. 
again, good coaching decisions. They start the game expecting uh, with our normal front four on normal downs, first and 10, second and normal, whatever, on the normal downs. And the Raiders were passing the ball. They weren't running it very much at all. They just kept throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. So I think the Titans, which was a smart move, said, hey, they're not going to run it at us. They're not hurting us if they do. Let's put our pass rush group in there on these early downs. And then they got to do it the whole second half because they were behind. The the Raiders were behind. They knew they were going to throw it. And I think the pass rush got better because of the people we had on the field to rush the passer. Our first unit, our our base unit is not a great pass rush unit because it leaves Autry on the outside. He's not an outside pass rusher anymore. Used to be. But in our in our passing group rushing bunch, he moves inside. And that's when he becomes a factor. When Altry, he batted a couple of balls down yesterday, had a sack. Yeah. When he cut rushes inside in that six, 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 seven frame and those long arms, it's when he becomes a big factor. And so that's why I think the pass rush got better was the decisions the Titans made probably about midways of the second quarter. Because up until then, Carr could have sat in a rocking chair. He sat, he sat there. And, and you know, we're talking about the Titans, but, man, was I disappointed in Derek Carr. I, golly, Bummy holds the ball back there forever. They don't go to their big guys. They kept throwing to other people. How in the world do you not find Devontae Adams and Waller and throw them the ball, for God's sakes? And they kept going these other guys, and they made some plays. But a lot of the sacks were just because he'd hold the ball back there forever. Sure. And those little option routes that we're doing to, to Derrick Henry, their guys open just as much as Derrick was, and Derrick Carr never looks down to him. Uh, unbelievable to me uh, the way he's not playing very good at all, in my personal opinion. I saw where he blamed their practice habits are bad and all that. He's got to play better himself, too, in my opinion. And Josh McDaniels got to coach better. Yeah. They, they're, they're they, I didn't I didn't like the plan. I thought they should have been trying to be more balanced against us, and I sure didn't understand you pay all that money. It's what we talked about with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. You pay them all that money, use them. You pay Devontae Adams all that money and he catches four balls for 36 yards and they never went up with him. They didn't try to get him loose with motion him across and get him on a, on a different defender. I mean, he was like he might as well have been hurt yesterday and not played because he was not a factor in that game. So, Watson, your third point here is why I am not sold yet. Uh, I think they've got offensive line issues. There's no doubt they've got secondary issues. And as long as that continues to be the case, this is a nine and eight, eight and nine kind of football team. Well, yeah. And uh, the second half could be offensive line issues on offense, George. We didn't really change the plan. I didn't think I'll, I'll defend the play calling. We didn't change the plan. I didn't feel watching it in the second half, but we didn't get any movement at all. And so when we'd hand it to Derek, it was nothing. Yeah. And even some plays in the second half, they didn't bring eight in the box. And we handed it to Derek and didn't get nothing. 
And, uh, and so when Derek doesn't get yards to keep the respect factor, then it's a little easier to defend us. And, uh, and honestly, other than Swain, our tight ends aren't blocking a soul right now. Uh, the young tight end, n- not Hooper, but the young one we've got, 85, what's his name, George? You know me with names. He was the one that missed a big block on a third down that shot and uh, their really good defensive end hit Derek three yards in the backfield, and it was just a lookout block, man. He didn't, he didn't touch He didn't touch him. Yeah. I mean, it just complete went free. And whip. so, yes, George, I still have a question mark by the offensive line. I'm not sure we're good enough to do what we want to do with Ryan and Derek. I'm not sure we're good enough. And and then the secondary, we 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 just I don't know that we didn't need one more corner sign, uh, you know, and what we got. I mean, Mitchell played yesterday, and the play that you the the plaster cam where they <laughs> they just ran four guys nonchalantly up the field in the plaster cam and and just lobbed it up to a guy in the end zone. Just now watch all four of these guys just nonchalantly run up the field, no moves, no nothing. And we throw it to the one-on-one guy. And I think they say, we're going to throw it over here on Mitchell and just lay it up and go over the top of him and catch the ball. And that's exactly what happened on this play. This is, this is on Derek Carr. Get the ball up in the air, throw it up high. He's open. Waller is open. If you can run that back again, you look, he's beaten Kevin Bayer. He makes a move and he if and, and just go vertical to the back of the end zone and all Derek Carr's got to do is just lay it up and he tries to drill it and the linebacker tips the ball. So I I don't I don't know I still I'm still concerned about our secondary and our offensive line. I, I just am. I think we should be concerned with my photography. A plaster cam was good. <laughs> I thought plaster vision was great. Uh, plaster cam is what I call. It's plaster cam. We need more plaster cam. You got to go to Preds games now and get us a little oh, yeah. plaster cam here and oh, yeah, there. We'll do it. Maybe get something it. from the sounds every once in a while. Oh, yeah. I'll send you to the Vandy game and you can get us some, <laughs> some plays there. You can get all the way to the front row down on Vandy. If you, want. <laughs> you, you can you can get that one as tight as you want wow. to get it down there, babe. So that's low. awful. That is bad. Okay, well, so it's true. Watson, let me ask this. I don't agree with Terry on fourth and – well, yeah, let's go with this one real quick. Tell me what they've got. Is Woods a 1A or a 2? What what would you classify? I I think he's a B-plus, A-minus guy. I don't think he's a go-to guy. I don't think Burks is a go-to guy. I don't think Hooper's a go-to guy. I don't think we have one. Are we good enough to Do you spread think it around? Will become one, but he's not now. We're talking no. about winning games right now. Yeah, going to the Colts, Indianapolis, and winning this game. Are we good enough to spread it around and not have a go-to guy? Because I think that's what it's going to be. Maybe the whole year. Maybe Burks becomes that late. Woods is a good addition. He'd be a great number two. If we had AJ Woods, would be a really good player. Yeah, But to spread it around now, what we're doing, and that's what we are doing, it worked yesterday, is that good enough? I don't know. That's a question mark to me. Are we good enough without a go-to guy, and are our spread-around guys good enough? I think they are, 
But in you watching these offenses and pro football in today's world, George, nearly everybody's got one one great guy. Yeah. One really good player that he might not catch but four or five, but it's four or five big catches, man. They don't call on him till it's time to call on him. You saw it yesterday in the Bucks. You saw it yesterday with the Packers. Neither one of them got a go-to guy right now. I'm just not sure you can win the number of games we need to win by just spreading it around. I hope we can. Why is Austin Hooper not more of a factor? He's got to be a poor blocker because the the young kid that we put in blocking as the second tight end was poor yesterday. So he's got to be a poor blocker. That's all it can be to me because he needs to be, he and Swain need to be playing. Uh, but if, if they can't because he can't block well enough in the style of offense we run, George, we've got to have a fullback and a tight end or two tight ends to block. And, um, Maybe he's just not good enough. I, the Titans have to answer that. They're kind of answering to me the way they answered Caleb Farley. He's not not good enough not to play right. yet. So we had to bring in a guy that's been on our team. We've practiced Caleb Farley all summer. And then we bring a guy in for four days and he plays the whole game. And the same thing, we practiced Hooper all summer and yet he's not playing except kind of on passing situations. I don't. I, they, they're the ones that got to answer that one. Okay, we'll go to the break, and then we'll hear part of Mike Vrabel's press conference following the victory. Watson's right. It's a win that could propel to better stuff, and in that respect, it's good. On the other hand, Mr. Negative, that would be me, is sitting there saying, why did that get to the very end? That's absurd. Ridiculous. Stay tuned. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. 
Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost, providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Okay, let's get right to it. Mike Vrabel held his press conference earlier today. Without further ado, here's what he had to say. Coin toss yesterday. Yep. You won it, but elected to receive. That's kind of unusual. Is that something the players decide? Was that something you saw from the Raiders that made you go that way? No, I was just excited to, uh, you know, take the ball. Wanted to wanted to to, uh, to take the football and, um, you know, try to finish the first drive with points, which is – what we did, we had some, you know, great conversions and, uh, you know, that was exciting to see. So, you know, it's just something that, you know, before the game, I, you know, I felt good about doing. When you look back at the game, uh, Nicholas Petit, it seemed like he played really well. What are your thoughts on, on his performance? Um, I, I would probably stop short of saying uh, really well. I think that as a rookie, you know, there's just so many things that, that come up um, new. Uh, each and every game I would say that he battles, he competes, uh, he stays on his feet. Um, he tries to finish in, in pass protection, you know, on whether he, you know, gets maybe the guy gets the edge on him inside. He's got the ability to kind of stay with him and and finish and, and take some of the, the shot off the quarterback. Um, so I think it's just a process of of getting uh, the game plan details um, out to the field. Um, in in a live environment when it when it's going fast and things are moving and changing and they're going to different people so um, continues to progress and I'm really excited about where he's at uh, but I think it's just a, it's a great place to start and continue to improve. How did this daily hold up over on the left side? No, well, I mean I think you know Double D is um, you know certainly trying to figure out what we do here on the fly. Um, yeah doing a nice job competing, um, trying to get them to, you know, continue to, to understand 
where he fits in our in our scheme and, and where he needs to be in combination with guys. Um, but you know, we, we did a nice job um, pretty much all the day in, in, in protection against some some really good guys. And um, so I think he's only going to continue to get better as well. The tight from the offensive standpoint, very happy with what you saw in the first half and then the second half only only had four possessions. What are some things you could clean up there to maybe to help moving forward? Well, making sure, you know, we had the we had the turnover, uh, which was, you know, unfortunate. You know, I think some of the the gains and the runs that we had, you know, in the in the first half, um, you know, probably weren't there, you know, for you know, whether it's one guy here or a pressure, um, but we had some opportunities, um, you know, felt like we, we could have got the screen going again. We had success with that uh, in the first half. Um, you know, wasn't able to get Nate out, you know, for obvious reasons. If you watch, you know, how they, how they played him, not allowing him to get to the backer um, and the conversions, you know, we had some really cool um, third down conversions in the first half and, and weren't able to get it, you know, third and one. You know, we didn't get many people blocked on, on that one. Uh, you know, and then just really just making sure that, you know, we're better in four minutes there at the end. I thought thought the way that we finished the first half was was three critical points when you look at defensively getting a stop, uh, stopping the clock, 20-yard return. You know, Caleb Farley did a nice job of getting to the second level. Robert does what what we ask every returner to do is make the first guy miss. I did a fantastic job with that. Uh, 21 yards in midfield, uh, 21 seconds, you know, the two timeouts, you know, Nick sitting down, catching a contested pass, Ryan being decisive with it, uh, you know, and then getting the extra yards that we needed and, and Randy coming through with a big kick. So those, those were three critical points. And I think we all just have to, you know, make a few, few more plays offensively and defensively and in, in special teams in the second half there. We, we had opportunities in all three phases. Is Caleb just not taking stuff from the practice field to games, Mike? Is that is that fair to say? You're seeing certain things from him in practice and it's not showing up on game day? Well, I mean, I think that there's been some growth there and, you know, we're going to continue to to give him opportunities and make sure that he's, you know, ready to go and that he's competing each and every week for, for that um, opportunity to play, uh, continue to help us on special teams and, you know, we just all have to get comfortable in doing our jobs and making sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're understanding the call, we're understanding what the concept is, what it is that we're trying to get done. Uh, and whether you're playing a pass rusher, you're playing a inside linebacker or a corner and just making sure that you know, whatever that call is, that it's getting executed and, and that everybody's focused on doing their job. Comfortable? Is it a confidence issue for him? In well, I mean, I can't really speak on anybody's confidence level except for mine. Uh, that that's not something that that I think it, you know that that's for the player to understand. And and I, we have full confidence in everybody that's here. Um, that you know, throughout the course of the th- season or even this week, that you know, the guys that are here, whether it's on the practice squad or on the active roster, are going to learn a game plan, prepare as a starter, have to go in there. Whether that's Dylan Cole. Uh, like he did defensively or, you know, Josh Kalu who had to go in there, you know, it's some snaps, um, interior defensive linemen. And so that's what we ask everybody to do. What's your evaluation process like, Mike, for that, so let's say that's position specifically during the course of the week that leads you to, here's every guy we're going to go with. 
just wanted to try, you know, man, try try somebody else, try try somebody new, and 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 give somebody else an opportunity, and that may change this week. That that's what it was on a short week, and um, you know that that could be something different for this game plan this week. What's the stuff for during the week, though, Mike? As you do evaluate, you know, just an overall understanding. You know, we don't have that many reps. You know, Wednesday was a walkthrough, but you know, there's certainly things that we will look for is, you know, the ability to to. You know, be able to match up, be able to understand what the zone zone coverage responsibilities are, the ability to play the correct leverage. Um, and those are all things that we look for. So is it more of a technique issue from an individual standpoint or a, a scheme issue of him not maybe all the time carrying out the assignment correctly? And just overall, just trying to make sure that everybody's ready to do their do their job, execute when their when their number's called. Um, you know, and, and find ways to help us win. How are you in that process, though, as far as – because I know yesterday you said that you're still looking for guys that can cover. Is that something – We're still that... looking for guys that can rush and can cover, you know, when, when they do all those things. You know, we're, we're looking for as many guys as we can find, and um, we'll evaluate the, you know, the guys that we have here and try to make the ones that were rushing here and figure out the ones that can cover. And so, you know, each week is going to be something different. Well, I think it was what it were they were trying to do is they were trying to get back to try to stop some of the the intermediate, um, you know, play passes that that we've had you know, that we'd like to have success with. And I thought the best thing that that Derek was was available. He got to those spots quickly um, and then Ryan was able to find him. Derek did a nice job of, of putting the ball away and, and turning up like we talked about and, and and gaining some valuable yardage. How big was it for Stonehouse to get off that 70-yard punt to at least put you in position to have them pinned back? Take as many 70-yard punts as we can get. Going back to, uh, to Caleb, what is the balance for you in terms of wanting to have confidence in the guy that's out there to execute and then also wanting to get a guy like Caleb who hasn't played a ton of football, that development and live game reps, and where does that balance lie for you when you make those personnel decisions? I think that's just something that we have to look at each and every week and uh, hopefully that we can have a full week of practice um, and, and have a competition and see who you know, is going to be the guy that, that's going to go out and, and play for us and what the rotation may look like. Uh, as we work through what personnel they're in and, and what personnel that we end up playing. How did Mitchell do, given that he'd only been here four days? Uh, I mean, I think he, there was an understanding. They, they caught some balls on him. You know, obviously, we did, a, we did the job that we wanted to on, um, on Devontae and, and Darren. But, um, you know, Matt Collins really came up, came up big. You know, so give him a lot of credit. Um, you know, we just gave up you know too many X plays there defensively in the second half. Back to Derek, how good is it to get him out in space like that? Oh, Watson, let's get back to Caleb Far Farley for a minute. For all of the tap dancing around, if he were getting it done, he'd be in there. And a young guy who's been there four days gets in ahead of him. That's not a good sign on Caleb Farley. No, Caleb's got to pick it up. It's obvious that he's not their guy right now, George, for two reasons. They don't bring this guy in if they're if they're feel good at corner. We have had some injury, but Fulton was back and played pretty solid. Um, 
And then to bring him in four days and start him uh, is telling me that they were concerned about um, covering the Raiders guys. And, and I don't think they thought Caleb could do it. Yeah, I, the interesting thing Kevin Barrett said after the game, or uh, in one of his quotes, it had to have been after the game. Yeah. He said, uh, Mitch talking about Mitchell said, I was pretty, he was on my side most of the day. And I was pretty much having to help him ever play on what we were in and what his responsibility would be. He said, we're a, we're a very complicated defense. And when he said that to me, that tells me that maybe, and I listened to Mike talk that Caleb Farley is struggling picking up everything and, and has not put it all together yet. It might not just be a physical issue with Caleb Farley, it still may be more of a mental issue too. I don't know, but I thought that was an interesting thing Kevin Baird said that we're we run a very complicated defense here. Stat of the day after the break. Then to start the five o'clock hour, we get right into Tennessee's win over Florida. Later in that segment, Watson's top four in the country and my studs and duds. Whew, there are some duds. This is Main Street Media Television. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 sub-specialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Hey, this is George Plaster, and I'm excited to announce that the second annual Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night is going to happen Monday, November the 28th at the Hermitage Strike and Spare. The three charities that will benefit are Last Minute Toy Store, Martha O'Brien Center, and Stars. And our intention is to get them that money so it can do the most amount of good at Christmas time. Now, here's where I need your help. I need you to sign up to play in the most fun charity event you've ever been involved in. Imagine 64 foursomes with 64 sports personalities in the area. As a single player, it's $200. If you get a foursome, it's $800. And what I want you to do is reach out to me via email 
plastergeorge at gmail.com and we'll get you signed up and get you ready and raring to go. Again, that's plastergeorge at gmail.com for a night you will never forget. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace. And we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. <laughs> We've got Tennessee, Florida analysis coming up here in just a few moments. But first, stat of the day presented by John English Antique Sports and Cards and Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. John English, of course, located in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They specialize in antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and other sport-related items. Visit them in Shelbyville, open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5, visit them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com and call Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. That's 615-490-7052 or visit them on the web at rockcastlewealth.com for more information. Speaking of more information, we've got stat of the day information. Here's the question. Since the start of last season, which NFL team is 0-6 in one-score ball games? What do we mean by one score? Do we mean touchdown? Do we mean field goal? There's one score as in a touchdown or a field goal. So a team that's not very good in close games down the stretch, and they were a playoff team last year. I'm going to say the Raiders. Well, you know, hold on a second. Let's think about that. I'm going to let you guys sift through this. Yeah, do not butt in. Have all three of this year's Raiders games been one score? Uh, let's see here. They opened. Where the heck did they open? Of course, we know Arizona. We know the Titans, both one-score games. They opened against the Chargers. That was a one-score game. You know what, Watson? I'm with you. Bring it on. We're going Raiders? You're damn right we are. Okay, we'll see about that. <laughs> Uh, whatever. The Buffalo Bills. The dumb question. <laughs> Watson. Well, we tried, George. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, our effort is good. Our execution. I would not good. have thought that it would have been the Bills. So, we, we wouldn't have got that one anyway. Perhaps if the punter doesn't kick the up man in the butt, they'd be better off. 
Wow. That wasn't the, that wasn't the Bills that did that. Oh, it was, was, that was that Miami, was, wasn't it? That was Miami that did that. Either way, it is never good to kick, kick your up man in the butt. That's not the punter's fault, George. When you're on, when you're inside three yards, and you do that three man across punt thing that most everybody, a lot of people are doing now. Uh huh. When you do that, or even your one guy back there. When the ball's inside three yards and you're backed up, you move the guys up. That's not on the punter. The punter's back as far as he can possibly be. I think it's on the coaches. I hadn't studied it close. Now, they may have backed up a little, but they're not supposed to back up. They're supposed to step up when the ball snapped. So this was on the, the protectors, not the punter. That's He's catching grief over something that isn't even close to his fault. Okay, stop there. We have much more important stuff to get to. <laughs> Billy, lay it on us. It is the 5 o'clock hour presented by Middle Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere. Whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement, MTBJ has the staff, training, and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Visit them online at mtbj.net for more information. Do we have the proper music? This song was played 94 times on Saturday. I've probably heard it 94 times myself. So So they knocked down their Berlin Wall. Florida had beaten them 16 of the last 17 Watson, it seems to me it's still a lot of the same stuff we've known. Offensively, they can line up with anybody. Defensively, uh, I'm not sure. George, we said it all week. They will outscore Florida. And if they learn how to put a game away, they would have done it with double digits. Uh, But the difference, the reason it was closer than I thought it would be was Richardson played really good. Better than even he played against Utah. Yes, that's his best game by far. He looked healthy again. He looked fresh. He's moving around everywhere. Those couple of games in between, I think Kentucky hurt him. If they didn't hurt him, Utah had hurt him a little, and we didn't know it. But he somewhere in there he got hurt, in my opinion. And then they didn't let him do much for a little bit. And then when it's a big game again, like the Kentucky game was for him, they put him back on show, and, I mean, he came through. I thought he played great. But, I mean, him and Hooker, if he – I'm not hearing him yet, George. If he stays healthy and they ride the season out and win the games they're supposed to, he's got to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean, he's got to be one of the four because his stats at the end of the year are going right. to be – Yeah. They're going to be unbelievable. And and uh, so, I mean, I – who would your four be? Not to change the subject, but I mean, Hooker would be there with Young at at uh, Alabama and the right. and the quarterback at Ohio State. And I have to throw the QB at Georgia. I yeah, think I was going to say you got to put Stetson Bennett in there. I think three of the four Heisman candidates are in the SEC right now, but Hooker yeah. has got to be one of those guys. If he stays healthy, I think he will be one of the guys. Okay, we believe. By the way, uh, for those just joining us, the Tennessee-LSU game a week from Saturday in Baton Rouge, 11 in the morning, huge break. 
less alcohol, perhaps more hungover from the night before, but it's easier to play LSU in the daytime than it is at night. I believe they can go toe-to-toe with LSU, and I think you agree with that, right? Absolutely, they can. Okay. Are they getting to a point where they could go toe-to-toe with either Alabama or Georgia, and obviously it's defensively where they lack when you ask that question, but are they any closer? Uh, A little. They're they're close enough to win any game and outscore their opponent. That's what I would say. They're close enough that maybe the, the offense can score one less touchdown and still win the game. That's the way I look at it. They're not a bona fide defense by any means. And again, Richardson played his best. So I'm going to keep throwing that in there. Um, he, he just really played well and made play after play. And the other thing is, give Florida credit, they went for four or five fourth downs in their own territory and made them. You don't make those. Gosh, what could the score have been? Um, and if they hadn't gone for them, what would the score have been? That means they would have punted four or five more times. So how many more points would have Tennessee scored? I thought that's a big piece of that game was the decision to go for those fourth downs. And I think it's going to happen more because Billy Napier, in my opinion, I hadn't talked to him, but I think he sat there and said, we can't give them the ball back. We've got to score points if we're going to have any chance to win. And it just so happened they made those fourth downs. Tennessee can't let them make all those fourth downs like that. That tells you, again, they're still average on defense. But this this offense – was was solid against Georgia last year, solid against Alabama last year. I think it's a better offense this year than it was last year. Hooker is doing more things better. They've they've expanded the offense with him, and he's got more weapons than he had last year, George. So I'm telling you, I, I think Tennessee can play. And don't don't leave out Kentucky. I still think, right. man. Kentucky, Alabama, and Georgia, I think they beat LSU. I do. I think they'll beat LSU. I think it's Kentucky, Alabama, and Georgia are the three biggies left on that schedule after they beat LSU. Okay. So let me try it this way. Because it would seem off what we know, Tennessee fans are dying to to be able to say this. And I understand it, that they want to get – to that next level, which is Alabama, Georgia, and then a drop-off of some level to Kentucky, LSU, Tennessee, not necessarily in that order. Don't anybody throw anything. Florida Florida, to a point. But let me ask this. Can Tennessee's offense hang 35 to 40? on either Georgia or Alabama, which appears to me to be the only way they're going to pull off one of those? That will be the big question, Mark. I think they can get close to it. Um, I think they can get in the high 20s against those two teams. I don't know if that will be enough. That's what I'm saying is the defense, If they, have they knocked it down at least one touchdown to where the, the offense doesn't need to score? I don't know. I think they have – but I don't know. But if I'm Tennessee, we're getting way ahead here. If I'm playing those those 
four that I've got left on the schedule that are biggies. And, and Ole Miss, we can't forget. But the top four, LSU's defense is showing it's pretty daggum good. And then Kentucky and Alabama and Georgia, I would go that day. I don't care what it is. I'd go as fast as I could go because they got to outscore them. They, yeah. I'd go as fast as I can go and try to wear them down in the second half. And uh, it it worked on Ole Miss. Both teams were wore out. Uh, that's what I do in those games. In a game like Florida, I would mix it like they did. But when I get to Alabama and Georgia and Kentucky, uh, I would go as fast as I can go. I'd try to wear them down. Okay, you may have seen this, and if so, tell me after I ask it. Under the category of sometimes Vegas knows more than we do, what do you think the line is, Kentucky at Ole Miss Saturday? Uh, I hadn't seen it. I'm going to say I bet Ole Miss is favored because that's what they do in the SEC. When these teams are close to each other, they seem to give the home the, the favorite. I'm going to say three. Six Ole Miss and, and three. a half. How much? Six and a half. Too much. That's what I think. Too much. Kentucky is still not getting the respect. No. It, it amazes me. That's too much. I don't even know that I wouldn't pick, pick Kentucky to win the game, but for sure, six and a half is too much. Okay, let's go to Watson's top four as he has them right now. We'll start with number four and then work our way up. Not that this is any deep mystery, but go. I still got Michigan four. Um, they've only played one opponent so far, and it was a very close game at home. So I'm not as high on them this week as I was last week. They could have they could have lost to Maryland. They didn't. They they won the game. So I still got them four, a distant four from the other three though. Distant four. Uh, you have Clemson at five, don't you? I have Clemson at five. The quarterback played better, not against a very good defense. Wake Forest is not very good on defense, but he played better. And I think the ACC is if they win this week at home against NC State, George. I mean, it's a walk to me. Yeah. The ACC is just not very good. That's why I think Clemson will end up four. Michigan will lose to Ohio State if they don't lose prior to that. If if Clemson wins Saturday at home against NC State, I don't I don't see anybody else that can get them. What do you think is the gap between Ohio State and the two big boys? Not much at all. Not much at all. I think those three are all flip a coin. They'd be great games. There'll be great football games. If any one of those three played each other, it would be a great football game. I don't think there's a drops difference in, in any of them. Um, in college football, interesting, George, those three are better. But still, still in college football today, just like the NFL, Georgia goes out and kind of lays an egg. Well, they weren't going to lose. They let a Kent State hang around. College football is interesting. You better be ready to play oh, every time you week. go out there, buddy, because anybody in the SEC can beat you on any given day. By the way, the noise you may have heard in the background is MTSU scoring again on Miami. How about that? Oh, that's unbelievable. And really, they hadn't been a great offense up to that point. 
they they really hadn't. I mean, they scored a lot of points against TSU, but they should. It's an FCS opponent. Yeah. And they really hadn't let loose on offense yet. And my gracious, they hit bomb after bomb after bomb. Good, good, good going. I, I love those oh, games. Of course, I've been an underdog all my life. So when some of those start popping up, I just giggle, man. And and proud of Middle Tennessee to go in there with poise. And uh, that's not a tough place to go play, especially no, when it's no not plans. a real good. It's not an image wise good opponent. So there probably wasn't very many people there. The quarterback, did you see what he said before the game? No. He the, he got benched in the game. Van Dyke. But he said, I, yes, Van Dyke said, I had rather play all of our games on the road because when we play at home, we don't have anybody there, basically, is what he said. I'm going, God, I promised the head coach had him around. I grabbed him by the shirt, man, and unbelievable statement right yeah. before you're fixing to play a game. So I, and then he gets bitched. So. Well, but, you know you know who, you know where Rick Stockstill played in college, right? Florida. No, State. where did he play? FSU, so he loved that. Oh, he did love it then. Absolutely, he, he loved it. He had some some good comments after the game. He was fired up. By the way, if sure, you're man. wondering, and I know you're not, Alabama is two. Yes. And Georgia is one. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah, and I, I could have switched Georgia on sure. that performance yeah. Saturday, but I just know how that works. Just sometimes they were good enough to still win it and win it. I don't think they beat the spread, but they still won the game good. And and Alabama played solid. I mean, Bryce Young doesn't play in the second half of the Vanderbilt game. So, I mean, it's hard to say when, when right. your opponents are inferior to you that week. That's why I just left it alone. It's going to work itself out. Well, There's some yeah. good games coming. And one of them this week with Alabama going to Arkansas. Yeah, and Clemson and NC State. Mm-hmm. And Clemson and NC State. Two of the top five got biggies. And I'm going to tell you, Michigan at Iowa is no give me either. Now, Iowa at home in big games are tough to beat. I'm not saying they won't but because they're not going to score very many points. But Michigan's not scoring a lot of points, George. They don't – they had a kid rush for 240 yards the other day, but they didn't look like a solid offense as I'd jump around and watch some of it. They didn't throw the ball very well the other day. Okay, let's go to studs and duds. We start with studs, the first stud of the weekend, the Blue Raiders. I love it. Way to go. Chip Walters, their play-by-play voice, will join us in about five minutes. Way to go. Number two, Kansas, their first sellout since the Peloponnesian War. I don't even know (laughs) when the Peloponnesian War was. But what the Peloponnesian War is. I don't know what it is they were fighting over. But I'm sure it was something really important, probably like cargo. I don't know. Uh, who, who the hell cares? Cargo. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Up next, another Kansas team, K-State upsets yeah. Oklahoma. Who saw that coming? Good. And guess who played fantastic? Adrian Martinez. Adrian yeah. Martinez. He played yeah. George. He's I an Oklahoma the killer. Part of that. Scott Frost he plays is unbelievable. And Lincoln going, what the hell? They, they all the Oklahoma fans thought he was the problem. Yeah, well, he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, that scores worse than it looks. Oh, Kansas it was. State that, beat them good. Yeah, they, they dominated. The Red Texas Raiders. Tech hates Texas. Oh, they think Texas is the snotty country club. J.R. Ewings. Texas Tech is a bunch of country people. 
out in the middle of nowhere. They loved it. Oh, man. I'm Wait, telling you, me. the Red Raiders, another one of my teams, my speaking boys. Of, speaking of this we, being Watson's team, look at this picture. Watson and Rex Dockery. This oh is from the book gracious. Only as One, The Words oh, and Wisdom of Rex Dockery. Oh, wow. I'm That's young to, Watson. I'm, I'm either 26 or 27 years old right there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was Oh, I had a great work. time there. Coached a kid named Ron Reed, who was a fresh, true freshman quarterback. And was a great player that year. Uh, we did not beat Texas, but we didn't get to play them there. Uh, but after I left there, they played them there the next year. And I kept up with it from then on after being a Red Raider. And every year, they don't win them all the time, but they always play them tough. Bring, bringing the Blue Bloods down to Lubbock, man. Let's get to the Duds. Time for the Duds first, Miami. Out. Get them out. Tough one for Cristobal. Number two. Number two, Boise, Boise State. State. I'm going to make up the rumor right now that Brian Harson, once he gets booted at Auburn, is going back to Boise State. They haven't got a lick of talent. UTEP, which is horrible, ran them off the field in the second half. UTEP, UTEP. for God's sakes. They got middle next week, or this week, this week, this Friday, I think, right? Who does? Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Uh, Texas San Antonio. UTSA, uh-huh. the other one. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Up next, Michigan State uh, dominated uh, at home. That was my. That was. Did yeah. you watch any of that? Y'all? They got the crap kicked. They out got there. the. How can Michigan State fall off like that in a year? Know. I don't know. Somebody better for ninety five. I mean, Minnesota million. looked like they were playing a MAC team. Yeah, they, they were running right through them. I mean, Minnesota beat the crap out of Michigan. Beat the crap out of. And then. East Carolina can't beat Navy at East Carolina. Really? Yeah. This is not a great Navy. Yeah, no. After you had blasted Navy. I mean, blasted Navy. (laughs) They took that one on the Navy needs to quit playing college football. They're so bad. (laughs) Okay, two thoughts as we go to the break. I think that wasn't Navy a dud uh, that, that week. They've, they've yeah. been oh, a dud yeah. the first two weeks. I think you made them one of your duds that uh-huh. week. So. <laughs> two thoughts. Number one, Michigan State's a fraud. <laughs> and secondly, memo to Jimmy Garoppolo. That line back there is there for a reason. If you step on it, it's a safety. The old Dan Orlovsky. What the hell was he thinking? It's like he had no clue where he was. How about some quarterback play yesterday, George? Oh, Garoppolo last man. night just walks out no. of the back of the end zone and then throws the ball. It should have been picked off, but it <laughs> wouldn't have counted because he's already out of the end zone. And then Tom Brady lets the clock run out on the two-point play. I'm going, the GOAT sit there and let the – Twice. I, there's nothing that upsets me more than throwing an interception <laughs> than a quarterback letting the clock run out. I okay. have jumped so many quarterbacks in my time. How in the world does he let that happen? I don't know. But after the break, the happiest man going, other than maybe Rick Stockstill, is MTSU's play-by-play voice, Chip Walters. He counted the crowd down at the old Orange Bowl, Joe Robbie, or whatever it is they call it now. He was able to count the crowd at the end. We'll talk to him next on Main Street Media Television. 
Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Proud of the boys in blue. Man, they got it done Saturday. And let's face it, none of us saw that coming. Maybe not even Chip Walters, their play-by-play voice, who joins us from somewhere where a Rick Stock Still radio show is about to happen. Chipper, where are you? 
Uh, we're at the Boulevard right here off the edge of campus at uh, the corner of East Main Street and Greenland Drive. And yeah, we start at six o'clock tonight and uh, expect a pretty good crowd in here. Oh, I would hope so. Listen, um, by the way, thank you. Chip will be one of our celebrity bowlers November the 28th for an event we are very excited about. Um, I'm not saying there'll be great bowling, but there will be a ton of fun in that deal. That's correct. Okay, so you counted the crowd at the end. How many Miami people were left at the buzzer? I could care less. All I was cared about, the number I was cared about was 45-31. But uh, when, when Middle uh, got the uh, got the, the, the pat, knocked the pass away on fourth and goal at the one and turned around on the next play and went deep and scored there, you know, Middle led the whole way. But when that happened, whatever was there, I think they listed 46, which was quite generous uh, for the day. My guess was that there was probably about 30 there when uh, when it was at its peak, maybe. But, uh, you know, they, they, they were still mad from last week. And, and, and when Middle intercepted the first two passes of Tyler Van Dyke on the day, boy, I'm telling you, the Boo Birds came out. And, and, and you know what that is when your own people turn on you yes. and the kind of internal pressure that can cause. And we've all seen it. And I don't envy them for that, but it, it played into, into our favor. And, and our guys answered the call. And, you know, they, they, they've been to enough places like that where uh, there's not, there's not going to be any intimidation. And Coach Stock said he told them right before they came out, he goes, he goes, guys, you've seen all this smoke and, all this stuff in the past, but he goes, I'm telling you, Michael Irvin, Benny Blades, Ray Lewis, Alonzo <laughs> Highsmith, they're not coming out of that tunnel today. So believe in yourself, believe in what you've done so far, and go play. And that's what they did. Chip, is this Middle's greatest football win ever? Well, I think, however, I, I can make an argument for a lot of things. I think it's what, what criteria are you going to put on it? Is it the biggest win as far as how a team was ranked? And that's, that's obvious that it is. I asked Coach Stock following the game Saturday, I said, do you – asked him that question. I said, do you think this is the biggest win here? And he said, well, up until today, he goes, I would have said uh, winning at Missouri about four years ago would have been the biggest. Yeah. But uh, – I also think that when you – I think you have to take into account circumstances and um, impact on a program. And I think if you go back to whenever that the Vandy Middle Series started back up, back in the early 2000s, and when, when my, my former broadcast partner, Wes Counts, was the quarterback and Dewan Hicks was the running back and, and – and, they won in Nashville. We had more than half the people in the stadium that night, and Hicks had a huge run on a third and eight, something like that, late in the fourth quarter, and brought it about 30 yards down to about the 10-yard line, and Wes ran a naked bootleg and scored on a quarterback run there. To me, that had so much impact as a uh, just because of what it meant locally, yeah. but 
you know, I, I think there's a lot of ways you can juggle that. Like Kyle Turnham and I, we argue all the time. He says, Michigan State in basketball, no question, biggest win ever. But I said, you know, beating Kentucky in 1982, oh, that was the first one. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm not going to quite let go of that just yet. That's a really, that's a really good one. Chip, have you met Watson Brown? I think so. <laughs> Mr. Brown, how are you today? Chip, you look good in blue, babe. Well, you thank look, you. I appreciate that. I, I liked that. you in black and gold, but you look well. Good. Well, I appreciate that, and 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 I liked you too. We we had some, we had some great conversations. Oh, didn't we though? <laughs> me, you, and me, you, and Brenda down in the locker room after the game. It was always always interesting. Oh, it's always interesting. I got kicked a few times with things I said that she'd be kicking me, saying, "Don't say that when you." <laughs> so that's just the way it goes. Chip, I mean, what in the world happened? The offense has been decent, but they'd scored a good bit the week before, but as an FCS opponent, which they should. And then all of a sudden here, it just goes crazy. Did Miami press them and let them run by them like that? Or what? There, why did there they was get some the, of that. The big scores like that. Yeah, there, there was some of that, Watson. And But I tell you, to me, it, it all goes back to Frank Pizant running the football and, and, and being at least good enough to make them be honest and, and to have to honor the run game, which, you know, that goes back to the Colorado state game. He rushed for 92 yards that day, came back with 122 against Tennessee state. He rushed for 74 the other night. Uh, but it was just, it was enough to keep Miami honest and keep them in the box. And, and, and the other thing too, complimentary football, the defense, well, the last three weeks, Middles won all three of them. In the first quarter of those three games, Middles gotten either a defensive score or a special teams touchdown early in the first quarter of those three games, and it just kind of changed the whole mindset. And you've also got a group of linemen who have have come back and uh, have overcome some injuries. They brought in a lot of linemen this year, and they have they've come back and and really, you know, they they kept. They kept uh, Chase pretty clean the other day against the the Miami Rush. And the other thing, I give Mitch Stewart a lot of credit, the new offensive coordinator. He learned what he had, and 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 knowing what kind of pressure was going to be coming at Miami, they kept Chase on the move for the most part. And then I thought he made some really particularly good calls, in, especially when you're backed up first and goal or first and 10 at your own two-yard line. And my pal, Jeff Murphy, who's former quarterback and now my analyst, right before they snapped it, he goes, man, here's a great place to take a shot. And sure enough, that's what they did. And when uh, uh, when uh, DJ England Chisholm caught the ball, there was, there was no chance after that because his speed is as good as you'll find anywhere. And uh, I even went back and looked at the video with football equipment on and running a route, he still ran 99 yards in 11 seconds. So uh, I'll take that. Yeah. I, I thought the, the reading about it, I didn't get sits why I'm asking you some of these questions, but when Miami has got fourth and one and throws the ball, I mean, for God's sakes – yeah, you're you're playing a group of five school. You're supposed to be a top twenty-five team, and they throw a ball instead of trying to hand it off and score, and then it don't work. 
I mean, what a slap in your face that Middle just did right there. I mean, and it also tells me the respect they must have had to throw the ball there, Chip. The defensive front for Middle is supposed to be one of the strengths of the team anyway. And I, when I when I read that, I said, holy cow, man, that that's, that is respect to not hand that ball off and try to score right there. Well, they, they averaged 1.3 yards a carry in the run game on Saturday. And uh, a little tidbit. Uh, the tight end for Miami, he is a he's a Mackey Award uh, watch list guy. It's Bill Mallory's grandson, the the longtime coach at Indiana, oh, wow. and uh, it's his grandson Will. Interestingly enough, Scott Schaefer, who is our defensive coordinator, coached with Will's dad at Northern Illinois when Will was born. And when I talked, when I had my visit with our coordinators last Thursday. Coach Schaefer, you know, uh, in particular, pointed out uh, Will Mallory and talked about what a good player he was. And he goes, and oh, by the way, I used to change his diapers into Cab, Illinois. <laughs> so uh, just kind of one of those inside football stories that 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 kind of gives it a little more personality to it. But but you know, he's been their best weapon. But uh, you know, Tyler Van Dyke just got shook early, and he was throwing behind all day long. And then when they put uh, the backup quarterback in, Jake Garcia, he immediately led him down the field. Now, he was the quarterback on that fourth and, and one, but, you know, Miami just didn't have any confidence in their run game at that time because it had been stuffed all day. Yeah. Last Watson thing, George. For one last one. Okay. Last thing. Great win, but you've got a short week against one of the best teams in Conference USA and one of the few games on television, I think it's Friday, right? Not Thursday, it's Friday. It's Friday Friday night on on CBS Sports Network. And, you know, I I don't like, I don't like Friday games just because of how much respect I have for the, for, you know, the high school game in our, in our state. But you, you, you're kind of, as you well know, you're kind of at the, at the leisure of what the conference says. And it is, yeah, hundred percent. But the, the other, the other flip side of that is, is, Every every team that's on the road for games this weekend, they're watching, and you want to put on a good show for that's all the other they folks. They got to get ready to go again. They yeah. got to get ready to go because this is a good opponent. It well, and I'll say this to that is that Miami had the better brand. UTSA is the better football team. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah, and I and I'll throw another one in there. James Madison's better than Miami. Yeah. Well, they they proved that by beating out this weekend. So yeah. Pretty good. Chipper, do a good show and tell your Florida State grad football coach not to hey. lie about how satisfying it is to beat Miami. Oh, he's been he, – hey, let me tell you, he's pretty. he's been pretty open about that. He, he told me today, and you, you'll love this, is that one of his former teammates who was at Doak Campbell on Saturday night said – got in the stadium early, and our game was finishing up, and, my, and you know, it was – probably an hour and a half before kickoff there in Tallahassee. <clears throat> well, they put our game on the video board oh, at Doak Campbell Stadium oh, love it. and said the Florida State fans just started chanting, Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee. So there, there's some juice still there, believe me. I love it. Hey, you were good to do this on short notice. Chip, really appreciate it. Appreciate Tell the Coach Scott, congrats, Chip. Tell him I congrats. certainly will. Absolutely. Okay. So there we go. What a heck of a victory for them.
as we start the break, we reintroduce ourselves to Brian Stewart. Brian, I'm George Plaster. I'm the host of the show. How you doing? Oh, George, I'm great, man. I'm uh, I'm glad to be back. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize that, um, you know, French Lick, uh, I'd never been there. I mean, basically, the only, only thing I knew about French Lick was that Larry Bird was from around that area, I think from West Baden. Um, he was called the Hick from French Lick. Yeah, there you go. So it's, uh, well, my, me being a Hick, I guess I was there. So there you go. I was a Hick in French Lick. Um, so, I, you know, it was, it was a great trip. Got to learn a lot about uh, Tennessee real estate and some of the, the things that are being handed down from the national level. Uh, before I get started, I want to go off of just what I just saw. Um, you know, I'm a huge Alabama fan, a uh, huge Titans fan, but even with those two big victories this weekend, the MTSU winning at Miami by two touchdowns. Amazing. Oh, my gosh, that's incredible. Loved it. Uh, it's it's huge for that program, huge for Coach Stockstill. I mean, he is – that guy's a class act. I mean, how can you not love that man? Uh, so, huge shout-out to him and the borough. I have a lot of friends up in the borough area, and, yeah, it's just – that was just a fantastic win. Uh, so, coming back from Indiana and seeing that, that was just a perfect way to ta- uh, cap off the weekend. But, as always, George, we were out there learning um, – me and another agent from my office went up there. We learned a lot. We brought it back. We're implemented into uh, what we've got going for the last quarter of the year. Uh, just some great stuff going on. I mean, you, you see the the new logo behind us. I've heard nothing but positive feedback from that. Uh, like I said before, George, we changed the logo. We've got a new look, but it's still the same principles, still the same values here at One Stop Realty. We care about our clients. We care about referrals. And we're always going to take care of, of who we have in front of us and not worry about what the future holds. We just take care of business right now. Uh, and if you want to be a part of that, we're always looking for new agents. We're, uh, you know, looking to expand into the Nashville, uh, Green Hills market and open an office there. Also looking to try to get into the White House market as well with an office there. Uh, but just great things on the horizon, George. We're, we're excited about it. Love it. You behave until tomorrow. Don't go away for five days again. I can't do that, George, because I did miss you guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I didn't even I, – I did go to the Liberty Creek uh, football game Friday night. I didn't get to call in to Billy's show. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do not like venturing far away from uh, you guys. I miss you all for sure. Brian, thank you as always. Thanks, George. We'll go to the break. We'll get into more college football talk. Auburn, it's a train wreck. Who's the next coach that's going to get fired? Georgia Tech dumped Jeff Collins today, and you knew that was coming. And a little more on Tennessee's big win over Florida. This is Main Street Media Television. (laughs) 
For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonleyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier your skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome, used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Okay, we're back, and let's talk a little bit more college football. Watson, other than the fact that they won, I don't think anybody is fooled by how bad Auburn is. Holy cow. I don't think – oh, okay. I guess I don't think twice then. Um, Watson, here's what I don't get. They play a second quarterback – 
on Saturday uh, with T.J. Finley hurt. They end up having to go to a third quarterback, but the kid, Zach Calzada, who was good enough to do pretty darn well at A&M a year ago, transfers to Auburn, and they're telling us he's the fourth quarterback? Help no, me he's, he's hurt. Is he? He's taking a medical red shirt. Okay. Well, so then he, that he's out. To, to give Auburn credit now, they they have hurt three quarterbacks in four weeks. <laughs> not good. So not not good. All they got is a true freshman left. I think. I don't know how bad Finley. I don't know how bad any of these quarterbacks are hurt. And and uh, I don't remember who have they got this week. Are they off this week? Billy, who have they we, got? We talking A and M? No, no, Auburn. we're talking Auburn. Auburn. Let me see. Look it up. They may be off this week. I think they are. Let's see. Well, Auburn. It looks like they are off. Yeah. Which may be a blessing. <laughs> couldn't have come at a better time for those guys. Uh, oh, but, never mind. They got LSU at home. Oh, that's right. That's that right. Not be, that's not going to. They're, they're not winning that one. So, they're not winning that one. Watson, let me ask you this. In, in Auburn's mess, the thing I noticed Saturday – I didn't think they were all that good on defense. I don't. I don't think their players are very good right now, compared to Auburn's. What, what you're normally used to. Yeah, Auburn has never not been very seldom what in Georgia the last thirty years anyway. Since Pat Dye went there, I would never say they were middle of the pack. Auburn's always been up in that upper echelon of talent, and they're not. I don't see a lot of football players so. I'd put them down in there with um, – I don't think they're as good as Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Would you agree with that? Yep. I absolutely uh, so would I, agree I with that. So I put them down below that. So they're they're right above the Missouri, South Carolina, right in that mode to me. And that's that's going to not win him enough games. And uh, it's – I think the next big loss, the next loss that's a good one, a good loss, I mean – a. He would have got it this week, in my oh, opinion. Hey, had they had the and, kid just scored instead of stuck the ball out? Well, it would have been first and goal on the one anyway. Yeah. You as a coach, we all teach don't do that unless it's fourth down. But that's hard. You get excited, you want to score. Boy, what a, you think it ain't rough in Missouri today. Yeah. What a way to lose. Miss a field goal right to win the game. And in, in, in regulation, and then in overtime, they've got the game won, and they fumble into the end zone. I'm going, wow. Before I go any farther, Watson, do you remember John Denver's song, Sunshine on My Shoulders? Oh, absolutely, I do. Okay. You need to look at you right now. Sunshine on my <laughs> – Okay. So I made up the rumor earlier that Brian <laughs> Harson, when he gets it at uh, at Auburn, ends up back at Boise State. There we go. In the world has gone on there. I'm sorry, I was getting the sunshine off of my shoulder. <laughs> what? What has happened at Boise? They got to have no talent. I watched just a little of that when when I saw the score. I said, I got to turn over and see what the heck. They don't look very good, George. You and they got no offense. I mean, None. 
Boise's always been a creative uh, score point kind of thing. Outscore you. Goes all the way back to that beating Oklahoma in the bowl game that year. And, and they don't, they don't have any offense. They fire their offensive coordinator after the game and bring in another guy. Uh, I don't know. Gracious sakes. Boise is Boise and Auburn. You're just talking about two that are so far down from where they normally are that it's near not discussable. It's so bad. Right. So we've had, and help me if I've missed, Herm Edwards got the boot at Arizona State. Scott Frost got the boot at Nebraska. Jeff Collins today got shown his walking papers at Georgia Tech. Any more that I'm missing? No, that's the big three so far, but we've got more hanging. Yeah, Carl Durrell will be getting the ax soon enough at Colorado. He got a vote of confidence from Rick George, which I don't think is worth the paper that it was printed on. Colorado has gone. Another one. Man. Another one. Unbelievable. I I don't know. And and the going thing, George, is to let these guys go in midseason, which none of us are used to. It never like I said, I was happen. in the business 46 years, and I, I, I that wasn't the going thing. And uh, it is now. Back then, you might get it a week before the final game and be allowed to coach the final game. I, I don't ever remember growing up this ever going on. No, I mean, I was with Coach Gibbs at Oklahoma when he got it, and they let him coach the bowl game which we all had to go to right. after after he was fired. So it's just a different world. I don't know really what the pluses of that are uh, unless you feel the team is disarray and the kids don't care for the guy or don't respect the guy. Then I can get it. But other than that, George, how is it a good thing? I mean, you can be behind the scenes hunting your next coach without firing your coach. But I think what is different, Watson, is the level of media pressure that is now in there on the coach who is dead man walking. I mean, Jeff Collins has been dead man walking for about three weeks. And so with each passing week, he was going to end up getting the, has anybody talked to you yet? Has, I mean, He's probably – now, look, I don't know Jeff Collins. I do pay attention to the Georgia Tech stuff. I bet he walked out of there today completely relieved, not only that, but a little richer as well, but probably relieved that it's over. Yeah, and, and George, the other thing that is totally different than in, in my heyday, my time of – right in the middle of my time as a head coach, this – the 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 – Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, things fester now so much quicker and the fans then fester when they read that stuff. You you read that stuff on Twitter and Facebook and and everything you read in a in a person's eyes, which I've never understood, it is fact. You know, why can't you read something so well that didn't rot? But everything that somebody writes is fact, and then everybody believes it. And then before you know it, you've got you've got yourself a a fire that you got to put out. And I, I do, I think you're right about that. The, the communication ways in the world today and the media on top of that makes it really hard. I'm not convinced that coaches 
other than just the sheer victory when it happens, I don't think they're having any fun. No, I, I can tell you, as I got down in my career, a win became relief, George, and the loss were still hurt just as bad as they did when I took my first head job at 28. And uh, but, but when you won one in my latter years, it just became relief. And I'm not just talking about at Tennessee Tech, my latter years at UAB. Right. When you win one, it, it just became – you take a deep breath and then you get up the next morning and you feel the pressure for the next one. And, and uh, But there is so much pressure uh, – seen pressure now. The coach sees so much more. He hears so much more. Used to be that Brenda had to put up with all that. Yeah. And I never would hear it. I'm in a back room, but now you can't keep from hearing it and somebody say something to you. Did you see what was on Twitter today? I mean, it's just out there. And the other thing is the players see that stuff. Sure they do. They're, they they read it all the time. And I would tell every team, especially in my latter years, don't read like, yeah, okay. They're not going to do that. And and so it is harder. It, it's, it's much harder to keep everybody together than it used to be. Yeah. Watson, speaking of a standard of excellence, plaster bed of the day. We've had a couple of weeks where we've taken on water, but I'm here to tell you that I came out swinging last Friday, and we're going to find out what I mean by that. So you just stick around. I'm going to. And you you were taking on so much water, buckets wouldn't get it out. So, I mean, you're, you were sinking big old, fast, brother. Big old rowboat. Yeah, it wouldn't matter. Well, you were sinking. So, Stay let's see tuned. how you did. I'm anxious to hear because I don't know. Stay tuned. This is Main Street Media Television. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 subspecialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad I couldn't work for almost a year, I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Hey everyone, I'm John English, this is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. 
My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com It is now time for Plaster's Bet of the Day, powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. They have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need while you and your family focus on your complete recovery. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. George, let's take a look at the results over the weekend. Four out of the five bets were one that you made this past weekend, and you're sitting at 35 and 41 now. You got the Cow Bears victory, of course, on uh, on solid on Saturday. The Keep teaser going. with Auburn and Tennessee hit. I had a good feeling about that. Uh, I figured that would hit. Lucky the, on the Auburn end. Yeah, a little bit lucky. The yeah. Titans hit on Sunday as yep. well, and the Bears hit on Sunday as well against the yep. Texans. So Michigan State Michigan was, the, was State. the only the only fraud there. Oh, be the last time I go out on a limb on them for a while. So Watson, <laughs> let's just say it the way it is. Daddy's back. <laughs> God. Well at least you're taking a bucket and putting the water out now. <laughs> so <laughs> There's so, still a lot of there's still a little water in the boat, George. But you're you you can at least keep your head above water now, anyway. Watson, let me just say that I feel very good about where we're going tonight. All right, let's see it. Okay, everybody, America's take, team, take the cowpokes. First of all, this kid Cooper Rush, he's pretty good. He will not get rattled. The Giants are a misleading 2-0. and Everybody, oh, the Giants, the G-men, yeah, whatever. Dallas wins this game outright. I'm not as confident as you are with that one. Really? Tell me um, about it. I, I probably would pick Dallas, but I don't know that that would have been the one I'd picked out of all games. Well, they might have gone to baseball. Or four, I, 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 think the, I think this is going to be a really good game. Oh, I agree. A really good game and a really close game. Well, we'll you want me to give you a score? Yeah. Okay. Will either be nineteen thirteen Dallas or nineteen seventeen. Not going to be more points than that score. I'm going to go against you on that one too. Okay. It's going to be in the twenties. The over under tonight of how many times they show Jerry Jones in his box. In his eight? palatial estate. Yeah, what do we say? Eight? Oh, at I, least. I go, I go over that. I go <laughs> over on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's not going well. 
Oh, absolutely. Now, that's if when it's they go not more. going well, they'll be, it's not going everything. well, double it. Double you'll it. be able to see nose hairs. They'll be so close. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, if, and if they're winning the game, he's going to show up on the sidelines and you're going to see him a bunch down there. So yeah. I'd put over on it either way. They're so. going to get him either way. Okay, tomorrow on the show, Tony Basilio. I, I can't wait to find out how long he was on the air Saturday night. I don't know if he went to bed. I'd say it was three in the morning. And I, then, I, tur- I turned it on at like eleven thirty. They were they were rolling. They were still going strong. Yeah. And then at five o'clock, Brad Logan will join us. Covers Ole Miss football. The Hottie Toddy Rebels are a six and a half point favorite at home against Kentucky Saturday morning to get your college football weekend going. Watson, try to behave until tomorrow. I, I will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull for the Cowboys tonight just because you got them, George. Thank you. Billy. George. Just try to be the best of who you are. I'll be the best producer there is. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> this is Main Street Media Television.